and all my work is done when I've traveled my last mile and sung my final song when I'm called to give an answer at heaven's judgment seat let the blood of Calvary let it speak for me may it write me down as righteous where no righteousness has been shielding me from wrath and judgment as it covers all my sin there's no work i have accomplished or goodness would i bring let the blood of calvary let us speak for me friends they could witness and speak words so kind but their voices would be feeble at such an awesome time but one voice it calls for mercy it's been ringing through eternity let the blood of calvary let it speak for me may it write me down as righteous where no righteousness has been me from wrath and judgment as it covers all my sin there is no work i have accomplished or goodness do i bring let the blood of calvary let it speak for me there is no work i have accomplished or goodness would i bring let the blood of calvary let it speak for me two coats were before me an old and a new So tattered and torn, the other, a new one, had never been worn. I tell you the best thing I ever did do. I took off the old coat and put on the new. The first
Jesus, your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you.
shouts of
songs that she brought up was this old house I'm living in it's needing repaired the windows and the shutters are letting in cold cold air I guess I should fix them if I could find the time but lately all I got is leaving on my mind and I thought about that and I thought about oh God you're coming back soon don't get discouraged with life I know this world's messed up, but listen to me. We're going home soon. All you get sometimes when you get up and you look at the news is misery, fear, doubt, worrisome. But listen to me. Get up and begin to think about heaven because one of these days soon, and we know it's coming whether we live very long here or Jesus comes back in the clouds after us. Either way, sometimes we get leaving on our mind. We get to looking ahead of what God has prepared and God has planned. Don't let this world get you down. You belong to that citizenship up above. You belong to the heavenly, heavenly kingdom. And I thank him for this day. I thank him for his grace and mercy. Praise God. DJ, come on. Amen. Now, that leaving on your mind doesn't mean you're going to get up and leave now that I'm getting started. I mean, I was getting ready to 
look out at the congregation. And should I turn this off, Rick, or leave it on? Move it to my time. Is that better? This on or off? Yeah, I was thinking leaving and people, and then I look up and I see my wife is not in her normal seat, and I thought, even she won't stay. I mean, this is getting pretty bad. I mean, but I, I, then I, she moved over there. She moved over to the saint section. She got out of our section. So um, glad to have everybody this morning. Pastor Tim asked me to help him out today. He's got a lot on his schedule and uh, needed some break. And every once in a while, with all, he, I'm sure if anybody's ever stood behind a pulpit every once in a while, you need to be fed a little bit too. So glad that he's op- taken an opportunity this week to allow me and uh, some others in the upcoming weeks to minister through the word what God has given us. As the songs were being prepared this morning, I wondered, man, am I on the, am I on the right path, Lord? Did I miss what you would want me to do? I mean, I started out singing Let the Blood of Calvary and some other songs came up and I turned to Ravonda and I said, I, I guess I missed it. And she said, well, you started it off with that song. Shiloh, thank you for straightening it out and getting us back on course. I like the song Shiloh sang, that's, and I love everybody singing, but that's why she's one of my favorites, and I enjoyed that. She got us back on course, and David and all you guys. You know, I can prepare a lot of words. Talking's never been a problem. I remember as a child, my, for some of you, this will may age you, but I, I forget what year it was, but... I remember the tornado came through the valley, 73-ish, 2-ish, whatever that was. And I remember the tornado came through the valley, and our home was not affected down there in Elmwood Place. And I remember some people were staying with us during that time. And I remember that I was probably younger and maybe talky and this, and I guess they was under a lot of stress. And I remember one of the gentlemen say, I will give you $5 if you sit there for 15 minutes and be quiet. That was the toughest $5 I ever had to make in my life. I'm going to do the same thing to you. After everybody gets in and gets settled down, I know we got some people moving around. Does anybody have an iPhone with you this morning? I need a 60-second timer if one of you guys will help me when I get ready to start. Matt, you got me, brother? I'm going to ask this congregation to participate in with me for something right here just for a moment because that's going to set up the message. I'm going to let Jacob get in here and get set down so we don't yell at him and blame him for messing it up. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to excuse the little children. I understand this might be difficult for them. But I'm going to ask us, Matt, I need 60 seconds. Did I say that already? I want us to sit in complete silence. Not say a word, not talk, not do anything. Now, you can close your eyes if this helps you. Now, I was going to go three minutes, I thought, let's just try for one. See, Snowy already would have messed it up. For 60 seconds, if you need to close your eyes, whatever, but to sit in complete silence and just think about silence. I'm not going to preface what needs to be on your mind or not be in your mind. Just, she's okay. He's okay. That one's okay. 60 seconds of silence. Ready? Go.
How many of you did that feel like it was an eternity? You could be honest. Corey, you know, it felt like an eternity, didn't it? It was 60 seconds. Boy, if I would have gone three minutes, you all would have revolted. But it was 60 seconds of silence. And for some, that was difficult. That was painful. That was disturbing. That was confusing. What, what do I do here in the silence? Do I laugh? Do I smile? I mean, do I give him a look like, is it 60 seconds lit? You know, you know. But it was just 60 seconds of silence. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It, the message that I've got this morning for you is called about being in the silence. It tells us in Psalms 13. It says, how long wilt thou forever forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? Consider me, hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. I mean, the silence was so difficult for David right here. He says, I think I'm going to die. And he says, Let my, I have prevailed, my enemies have prevailed against me. And those that trouble me rejoice. And he says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. What David was describing in these verses is what I attempted to, for us to attempt to do within a 60 second time frame. But to set up what I feel that God has led me to talk to you about this morning is... There was a point in a time when I was going along and I was just in my faith, walking in my life, and this has been recently, nothing wrong, nothing bad. But I began to think, God, I'm not really hearing from you right now. I'm not really hearing from you. You know, I don't know the path forward, but I definitely know it's not a path back. I don't know whether it's left or right. I know it's your right, my left. I, I just don't know, God. I feel like, God, I'm in the silence. I'm not hearing from you right now. I, I don't know what to do. How many of you ever felt like you've been in the silence? Oh, it's just me. Okay. So you all, God talks to you all. Grab. Just me. So this is a message for me. All right. So I'm going to sit down here and give it to myself because apparently it was just for me. But in the silence is where I was at. And I imagine for many of you that did not raise your hand, you've been there too. You just weren't brave enough to raise your hand. Corey, thank you for raising your hand earlier. Now, I know some of you, I've been around some of you. You're like me and that child to not talk or move or, or jump around or pop around. or I mean, you just couldn't sit still. Have you ever met anybody like that? Can't be still. Can't be quiet. Can't be silent. Can't be nothing. Just like, hush. You're all looking around at other people like it ain't you. <laughs> but in the silence is where I was at. And I think many of us have been in that same place. And I want to talk to you this morning, counsel you. I mean, I could lay out a three-point message for this and this and go down. But I want to talk to you about where it gets real. It's real. Because I know you've all been there whether you admit it or not. Because I sat there the other day and I've been doing this. I was down the basement, organizing some things. And I thought, you know, I've been preaching since the mid-1980s. 
But I thought, God, I just don't want to talk another sermonette for the Christianettes. I, I just I want to give something that's going to help. And I want to get real and realize that maybe you're in that silent point right now where you're not hearing from God and you just don't know. And you're wondering if everything... But you know what? You're not alone. Because the Word of God speaks to this exact thing. It tells us in Ecclesiastes 3, 7... And I, and I don't like to have y'all jump around to a bunch of verses because I know it kind of distracts you, but I'll give you every verse I'm mentioning later if you want to write them down, if you want to keep them. If you want to follow me, fine, but there's some passages that are tough to find. But in Ecclesiastes 3, 7, it says, There's a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. So the Bible even speaks to us about a time of silence. It also tells us in Psalms 94, 17, it says, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have dwelt in silence. Lamentations 2.10 tells us, the elders of the church, the elders of the daughters of Zion, excuse me, in silence they mourned in agony. They were so distraught over the silence that they were mourning and they were in agony. It also tells us in Revelation 8.1 that there was silence in heaven over the pending doom and judgment. So the word of God is not aware or is not compassionate to realize that there are moments of silence. But it's a time of reflection. And I like how the song service went because I don't ever plan a song service. I would never do that. I don't think Tim would ever do that. I don't know anybody in here who would do that. But I've known preachers to say, well, I want you to sing this song, do this song. And they've got it all set up, exactly everything in line with their message and Okay, you did a great job, but was the Lord even in that? And I like how God turned it from the aspect of salvation, and I, I, the song Shiloh sang, and then the Revelation song that the guy sang, and then the greatest of all miracles. It talked about not only was it the aspect of salvation, but it's the keeping power and the preserving power of God, and I thank you for that. Because I tell you what, when I'm in the silence, or when you're in the silence, i got to thank God that you're still there, because I don't feel he's there. You ever been there? So it's not just me alone. See, you're all getting in this now, getting a little braver. I admit it, we're loud. Sometimes I just don't even feel he's there. You know, I hear these other people, well, I had a dream and God spoke to me in this dream or this or this. And I said, I mean, God's talking to them like a one-on-one like, like -on all day, all night, all week. I, I just, maybe sometimes I just don't get that. God, is it something I've done? Is it where I'm falling short? Or, or God, but you know, in the silence is where I think God began to dealt with me and show me. And I want to share that with you today. Because God not only gave us scriptures about this, He also gave us biblical examples about this. I mean, if you looked all through the Bible... There are so many people that went through a period of silence. Let's first begin to look, and we're kind of going to go, you know, uh, not chronologically, but in the order of the Bible. The first one that we can begin to speak about is old brother Noah. Noah was a good man of God. He walked with God. God, he, he loved the Lord, and him and God had a relationship. There's no doubt about that. And that's the same thing like many of you are in the same aspect. You're good people. 
Being in the silence doesn't mean that you fell short or you're out there sinning or you're doing rotten things. You've accepted the Lord as your personal Savior. You've asked Him into your heart. You've asked Him to walk with you and be with you and guide you and direct you. And you've done that, which is good. You know what I'm talking about? But then you're sitting there saying, but God, I feel like I'm all alone. You said you'd never leave me and forsake me, but right now I'm wondering, did you remember that verse? Because right now I feel like I've been left and I almost feel like I've been forsaken. Thinking about Brother Noah, God in a wicked time, a time where sin abound, a time where there was so much wickedness in the world that God even came on him and said, build you an ark and then I'm going to tell you what to do. Noah spent, they say, we don't have an exact statement on that, but some would say approximately 120 years building the ark. Now, I don't know if God told you, Sister Jeannie, I want you to do for me something. Then 120 years later, he finally said, okay, here's what I want you to do. For 120 years, he kept on building. And not only that, after the flood, he was in the ark after the dove came for another year without any word from God. And you all struggle for one minute being in silence. Think about it. 120 years? I can't take 120 seconds. That would have been two minutes, right, Mike? There we go. Ask the math guy. But Noah was in the silence, and in that silence was a time when he was challenged. And that's what happens to us many times in our silence is when God begins to challenge us in an area that maybe we've never been before. To work with us in an area that we've never been before. Noah lived in a day of wickedness and sin abound. And we could say, yeah, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. Oh, yeah, it was. And then we go through the Bible. The next one we look at is Abraham. Abraham prayed for a son. Matt sings it much better than I would. But Abraham asked for a son. And asked God to give him a son. We're in Genesis 22 now. And God gave him that son. And delivered unto him that which he had asked. Because Abraham was a good guy. Abraham was someone who believed God by faith. He was doing good stuff, right? He wasn't a bad guy. Just like many of you. Many of us. He wasn't doing anything wrong. And then all of a sudden, I've given you a son. Now go up on the mountain and sacrifice him. Abraham did not hear from God, Sister Cindy, for three days. It may not seem like a long time, but you tell me how long three days is going to be when you've got that bad news from the doctor that your baby's sick. You tell me how long three days is when the doctor comes to you and says, we found something on the test. You tell me how long three days when it says, yes, we can't get a hold of your child who is missing. We don't know where they're at. Let me tell you how long three days is. My son was born, and my son was born with a heart defect. Some of you in the middle, who's here, all you doctors? Kim, you might get this. He was born with transposition of the greater vessels. I don't know what they call it, but that's what we knew it as. This was in 1987. The surgery at that time was to cut the heart apart. Now, but the doctor down there at the baby children actually reversed the veins. And they're small, aren't they? There's a size of thread. 
But let me tell you how long. My child was born, Dana. They took him out of the room, and we didn't know for six hours what was going on. They didn't come to us and say, we found something. They didn't come to us and say, this is what's going on. I'm sitting there in the hospital. The mother of the child, nobody, none of us know what's going on. I mean, they're back there doing everything, but we don't know. Dead, alive, what? Six hours. Finally, they came out and gave us, well, he's hooked up backwards. <laughs> Make his long story short. But Abraham, imagine that time of three days when God come to him and says, I've given you the son, now take him to the mountain, sacrifice him. I thought about that day one was probably, okay, God, I, I believe you and I trust you and I'm going to do what you say, but think how long that day two was. That whole time, day two, they're just walking all along. And Isaac doesn't even know yet what's going on. Abraham, the son that he prayed for, walking with God for days, one day only, walking, knowing that in the next time when God revealed on him that he would have to sacrifice this son. How long would that have been? Corey, one minute was a long time. Imagine walking a whole day with one of your children where you know God's told you to sacrifice him unto me and yet you don't know, God, is this what you really mean? Are you sure, God? Is this what you were really talking about? Did you get this right? Are you sure, God? I'm a good guy. I'm your child. Really? Now, wait a minute. Let's talk about how long would a day two been? He was in the silence until God spoke again. We not only have Noah, we have Abraham. We also have Daniel in a day of captivity, in a day of compromises. Daniel lived in a captive world with compromises where sin abound as well. And everything was being compromised and his very foundation was being shaken. And so much, if you go to Daniel 10, when you get a little bit of time to read it a little bit later, you read in the passage where Daniel says he besought God, he asked God, he prayed unto God, he asked for help so much that his own flesh and his own body was weakened and exhausted. That he could do no more. You know when was the toughest time for me to pray? Those six hours. I didn't know what to say. I was weak. I was wounded. I was hurting. That was a long... I, you know, everybody thinks that that's when you got down on your knees. and oh, No, I didn't know what to say. I, I, I was stuck. Daniel felt the exact same way. His whole spirit was weakened. And he did not hear from God. When he asked God to deliver and to show him what you're wanting to do in my life. He did not hear from God for 21 days. Job suffered personal loss and, and, and persecution in his life. Do you imagine old brother Job didn't struggle with some things? Feeling like God, wow. And you and I do the exact same thing and have the exact same thing in our lives. Now, maybe it was just me because none of you raised your hand like you've ever been here. It's hard for us to admit it, ain't it? That I'm weak. I'm wounded. I'm hurting. I don't even know if you even talked. God, do you even care anymore? It's hard, isn't it? 
because you're in the silence. You're in the silence. But thank God the silence gets broken. Because in that silence is when we begin to choose. First of all, not only are we challenged, but we begin to choose. Like Abraham, he could have started this journey. He could have began. He said, God, I've done what you told me to do. I prayed for a son. You gave me a son. You, you, you and I agree. You say I'm the father of faith. But you know what? I'm not doing what you told me to do. I'm stopping right here. Did Abraham do that? No, Abraham kept walking. He kept walking. Even though he didn't understand what God was going to do, Abraham kept walking to where God commanded him to go. He didn't stop. He just kept walking. And sometimes I wonder with those within our lives that are struggling with the moments and struggling in the science, silence and, and struggling where you don't feel God revealing himself to you and God's making his plan clear and obvious with a neon sign saying, this is what I want you to do. Many stop following. They stop moving. They stop progressing. They just quit. They accepted him as Savior, but they can't serve him because it's just too hard. I, I, I can't do this. I don't go down there. Uh, I'm just using Brother Tim as an example. It could be me, Andy, Bobby, whomever. That, that preacher, he, he doesn't encourage me. Those singers, they don't sing the style of music I like. You know, or, or the Sunday school class doesn't fulfill me. Or, 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 or this or that. You find all those excuses to quit walking. Abraham could have said, well, God, I chose to follow you, and now you're making it too tough. This isn't fair. I just quit. I'm stopping. I'm going to stop walking. No, Abraham did not do that. What did he keep doing? He walked, and he walked, and he walked. Because Abraham didn't only do that which was good, he did that which is better. We need to do that which is better. Many of us have began a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at an altar of prayer. But we've slowed down, we've stopped, and we've just grown stagnant. You need to do better. You need to do better. You know it and I know it. You need to read more. You need to study more. You need to be in God's house more. You need to be encouraged more. You're just doing that which is good, but God wants you to have that which is better. And Abraham kept walking, and God had something better for him than that moment of silence. Noah, in his struggles and his difficulties, Noah could have easily said, I give up, this is too difficult. But he kept working. we got to keep doing that, guys. The results may seem fruitless. And it may not seem like we're getting what we need to get done. But you just got to keep working. You got to keep hammering. You got to keep nailing. You got, I'm using this metaphorically if you get that. You got to keep on keeping on, not stopping. Your job's not done yet. You've got lost loved ones. You've got friends. You've got children. But because of being in the silence and being frustrated and being overburdened and weakened in your flesh, you're stopping. You just quit. You know one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen? You ever been somebody who's a uh, home project person? I'm not. Okay, Stacy. One of the most frustrating things would be if I hired Brother Stacy to come over and put a deck in my house. And I go out there and he's got the everything tore off. And he's got, I don't, I'm going to get the words wrong. You got the, the, the vertical 
boards. He got the whole frame there, and he said, well, we're done now. We're quitting. We realize this job's a little bit more. And that deck's sitting out there unfinished. Would that not drive you nuts? Many of you have begun. You laid the foundation, but you've stopped. You stopped working. Noah kept working. He kept working in spite of where sin abound. Daniel kept battling even though he was in a part of a land that were compromisers. He kept fighting for the things that mattered to him. Even though he was in the silence, he kept battling to that which mattered to him. Do your loved ones, does your life, does your peace, does your, the ones and the needs that you have that the Lord Jesus Christ is wanting to give unto you and he's promised you, do you really want them? Well, keep battling for them. Even though you're now in the silence. Job, everything he had was lost. But he kept believing. He kept saying, naked I came into this world and naked I will go out. Others told him to quit. Others told him to stop. Others told him it's not worth it. But what did he say? You talk like a fool. I'm going to use the lady example. You talk like a foolish woman. And to his friends, they didn't. he just kept on keeping on even though he was in the silence. David, in the passage we read, kept waiting for restoration. So we see this morning, not only does the Bible give us examples in his word about being in silence, it also shows us references and people that have gone through the same thing that perhaps just me and Corey, who was brave enough to raise his hand, have gone through. None of you others have ever been there. You, you, you've got it. But even though maybe your hands weren't raised, I believe there's others that have been there as well. You've chose to walk with him. You're still keeping on to the best that you can, but you admit that you're weak. You admit that you're wounded. You're weary. At times, you just feel like, it, does it really matter? I, I just, I feel like giving up. It's all fruitless. It doesn't matter. It's vanity of vanities. It's never going to make it. My husband's never going to get saved. My children are never going to come in. My life's never going to, I'm never going to be happy. I've got all these things that I battle. I'm, I'm never going to be happy. I'm always going to be up and down. Left. I'm always going to be miserable. You know, let, let's, let's take it away from the reference to other people. Sometimes it's just about us. I know certain people, no matter what you give them, it's like my grandchild. Vondi, we was at one of our torturous grandchildren camping weekends. I don't know if it was at there or at the home. I don't remember. Bondi will straighten me out later. But she made some sausage for one. I maybe have used this before, but just give me 30 seconds, okay? She cooked the grandchildren. Asher, he wanted brown sausage. Bondi made him brown sausage. Sue, it was the wrong brown sausage. He about had a meltdown. His world was destroyed. It was the wrong brown sausage. Not that brown sausage. He's crying for minutes about it. It was the wrong. I, he about, about lost it. But I want to ask you. Let's just play this up for me and maybe 
the one or two other people that have been there. Aren't you glad that God doesn't keep us in the silence forever? How many of you are waiting for God to give you an answer on something? How many of you are wanting God to tell you something? How many of you are wanting to be encouraged from God? Sue, we got Shirley over here and Marsha. Okay, the rest of you, you're good. You've already, you, you and God, you're good. You don't need anything, you're good. I tell you what, I don't think that's where you're at. Because not only were you challenged, but you chose to keep walking and you're choosing to keep walking. And that's when God begins to change things in our life. That's when God begins to make a change. How many of you are ready for a change? Just a couple of you, thank you. Maybe the rest of you are good. You know, how many of you are ready for a change? I did. I wanted it. I didn't want to be that same place. God, I don't want to be in the silence. I want you to tell me. I want you to speak to me, Lord. I want you to tell me, am I in your will or am I not in your will? Am I doing what you want me to do or am I not doing what you want me to do? God, please tell me because that's when my heart began to change and God begins to change us when we allow ourselves to work through those moments of silence where we get along with just me and God. Because I tell you what, one of the things that is most difficult for all of us, the silence is so difficult because we're always used to hearing so many other voices and so many other things. It's difficult. I was almost, I don't want to give the reference because you all start singing in your head and then I'll lose you for the rest of the 15, 20 minutes or an hour I got here. But the silence is where God begins to change us. Abraham, when he was walking up that mountain, they got there day three. And Isaac says, God, I see that we have this and we have that. Where is the sacrifice? And what does Abraham say? Well, God didn't really answer on this one. We're on our own. We've got to figure it out. I don't know. He says, God will provide himself a lamb. Aren't you glad that God gives a ram and a thicket when we need it? Aren't you glad that Abraham was there ready to take the life of a son and the angel came in and says, Stop! Take not the life of thine only son Isaac, for now I know that you fear me and choose to obey me more than thyself. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's what he told him in that passage. I know that you fear me because you have not withheld your only son. Sometimes God wants you to change where it's no longer, it's not about you anymore. Sometimes we're putting ourselves so much in front of God. We say, well, I don't really go this, I don't really protect, because I get nothing out of it. Maybe you get nothing out of it because you put nothing in it. Try that again. Maybe you get nothing out of it because you're not putting anything in it. The worst thing for me to do, Sister Leah, would go in the kitchen and Bondi's in there cooking. And I say, that's not what I really want. That's not what I'm desiring right now. That's not really going to fill me up. After about a few times of that, would she say, well, you fix something for your else then. So what do I tell her? Tim, you, you preach the same thing to you, right? Tim, what I tell her is probably the same Honey, whatever you make is going to be great. That burnt toast was good. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> she was telling me the story the other day, not her nor her mother of a, someone that they knew that the woman kept trying to make homemade biscuits and was not succeeding. 
And the husband said, I really don't, honey, you don't really need to work that hard. Just buy some of them canned ones. They're pretty good. After about five or six times he telling it, I think she finally got it. He don't like my biscuits. <laughs> but sometimes God is wanting to change us to realize that we want what God wants, not what we want. And that's what Abraham showed God. God, even though you've given me a son, I want you more than what you've given me. Think about that. I want you more than what you've given me. Do we desire God that much? Do we desire him to fill us, to thrill us, to encourage us, to edify us? Or do we only participate in the things of God when we get something out of it? I don't really, I, I don't go down to that church anymore because it just ain't my thing. I don't really go that much because I really get nothing out of it, you know. I, I want to go to that new church because they got some lights. Woo! They got some, they got some vroom, vroom, vroom going around. And the singers, man, the singers, the music's popping, sis. Oh, it's jamming and it's well. Oh, man, it's just like being at a Fleetwood Mac concert. It's so good. They're singing, don't stop believing. It's not a church song, folks. That's Fleetwood Mac. From the old folks, that's not a church song. I don't care how much you try to church it up. It's not a church song. Matt, don't do that tomorrow. That song tonight. Journey song, thank you. Yeah, I knew he see. <laughs> see, I'm not, I'm not of the world. Matt is. <laughs> He knows I love. <laughs> now I can get back on track, right? But we do that. You know, I don't go, I, you know, because you're wanting more of what you're wanting than what God's wanting. Think about what I said earlier. Maybe you're getting nothing out of it because you're putting nothing in it. You're not participating. You're not investing. You're not growing. Abraham chose to want what God wanted more than what Abraham wanted. Noah, because of his persistence and not stopping building, guess what he did? Even in his silence, even when he felt like he didn't know what was going to happen, God sent a dove and said it's not going to be forever. And because of Noah's persistence, his whole family was saved. If Noah hadn't begun building no one would have made it. Because Noah kept building. And God sent a dove. Daniel, he received the word from the Lord. And here's what I like. In that passage where Daniel was waiting 21 days, God comes to him and he gives him these words. He said, Daniel, I know you had a need. I heard you from day one. I heard you from day one. I heard you from day one, but for 21 days I was battling against principalities and powers to get to you, to deliver to you, and now I am coming unto you to give you a word to tell you today I am coming to strengthen you and encourage you and tell exactly what you need. In your silence, I want you to know God's probably heard you, and he's on the way. You're not alone. There are things going on, and there was principalities of power. For 21 days, Daniel waited, and finally God came and delivered and gave him the answer. Job, the captivity and the loss of Job, through all the things that Job lost, 
God gave him back when Job began to pray for his friends. And it says in the passage, God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends and gave him more than he ever had before. But even in the silence, what did Job say, Sister Cindy? Blessed be the name of the Lord. It wasn't about what Job was going to get. It was about who Job knew. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to know that there might be silence in your time and there might be silence in your life right now, but silence is just for a moment. It's just for a time. It's not forever. Maybe the silence was here in your life to teach you a lesson you needed to learn. I shared with somebody a week or so ago Whenever a lesson needs to be taught, God provides a teacher. Whenever a lesson needs to be taught, I'm thankful that God provides a teacher. The question is, am I willing to listen? See, many times I can't hear God in my silence. Maybe why God took me to a moment of silence, excuse me, is because when I was in my normal walk, there were so many other things that were distracting me. There were so many other things that were pulling me aside. We all know it. Job, family, kids, sports, this responsibility, that responsibility, this, the, you know, you, you feel like you're going 24-7, 365. You don't even have time to sit down. And when you do sit down to read or try to get alone with the Lord, what happens to you? You're so tired, you almost feel like going to sleep. You're just worn out. These young couple over here, they don't know that yet, but they got one coming, right, Susie? You got to tell them, enjoy the peace and quiet while you got it. <laughs> Sister Susie, I, she'll, she'll beat me up later, but she was in the back and enjoying a cup of coffee before she came in the morning service. I said, so you, Susie, you have to go back in there. They're all yours. <laughs> you can't escape. We all feel like that, right, at times that we just want to escape and we want to get away. But maybe the silence was to teach me something. The silence was to give me my ram in the thicket just when I needed it. The silence was to send a dove to reveal that there is hope. The silence was to strengthen me when I am weak. Because they that wait upon the Lord or hope in the Lord, they shall renew their strength. The silence was to renew me, refresh me, and start me anew. See, I talked about being good. I talked about having better because Abraham did that which better when he kept building, I mean kept walking. And Noah kept building. And Job kept believing. And Daniel kept hoping they were doing better. But you know what? How does that go? It's good, better, but there's the best. God has the best for us if we can only trust the Lord with all thine own heart, with all thy heart. Lean not on thy own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But many of us have not allowed God to be Lord of our life. we got to fix it. The worst thing that I could ever do when Stacy starts building my deck, well, Stacy's not here to finish it, and I can't wait. I'm going to go out there and finish it. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, boy. Oh, boy. He'd probably have to tear it all back down, mess it all back up. DJ, you, you, you've cost yourself twice as much work now. I'll be glad to fix it for you. Now it's twice as much. Right? 
Don't we do that with God when we're in our silence? I'll fix it. I, I got it all figured out. And God says, if you just got out of the way and waited a few days, my answer was coming, but you were so impatient, you tried to fix it. Now I got to fix more. In the silence, you all had 60 seconds of it and about split. You know what? Imagine a year. Imagine three days. Imagine 21 days. God, help me in my silence. God, help me in my silence to grow closer to you. Help me in my silence to hear what thus saith the Lord. I say I don't like to orchestrate services, so I'm not going to. But as Becky and Matt come forward, I want to read something to you. I was going to do the altar call a different way, but I don't want to get in the way. But I want to read something to you, and I'd like you to pay attention to this. Because I think these words perfectly describe what I was trying to say. So if y'all can hang on with me for about another minute as Becky and them get ready. And back and Matt, wait time, please wait time, finish with this before you begin. In the silence, nothing is heard. Not a sound, not a word. In the silence, it's me alone. It is my place. It's my own. In the silence, I long to hear a word from you. Are, are you near? In the silence, my thoughts, they roar. I feel so bound, but I want to soar. In the silence, I must wait to hear from you. But why are you so late? In the silence, God, do you know how broken I am? How anxious I'm growing, I grow. But in the silence, I hear something near. God, God, I think I hear you. Are you here? In the silence, you now speak to me. I've been here all along. You just couldn't see. In the, other, in the silence, other voices, they were so loud. I needed you to stop. Get out of the crowd. In the silence, hear only me. I have something to say. Just wait. Just see. In the silence, I counsel you best. Slow down. Take a breath. Rest. In the silence, I will restore. I have not just some. I have so much more. In the silence, I want you to seek with all your heart. Sit at my feet. In the silence, I now have your ear. Now you can see, I've always been here. In the silence is where I refresh. A voice to calm. A voice to bless. In the silence, there is no need to fear. For in your silence is where I loved you most. You are my child. Can you hear? Sister Matt, 
I mean, Brother Matt, Sister Becky, sing what the Lord has upon your heart. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you've been struggling with moments in your life, if you just don't know, if you need to come to an altar prayer, I invite you. I invite you to seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I invite you to come down to an altar prayer. I invite you to work through, battle through this circumstance. I'm not going to say a lot. I'm not going to talk a lot. I'm just going to allow them to sing what's upon their heart. Brother Matt, Sister Becky. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say. Word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise All that I need is to be with you And to hear what you would say Would you pour down like rain, oh, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place, oh, please let me stay and rest in your holiness, word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain, oh, washing my eyes to see, oh, your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness, word of God's peace. Brother Matt and Sister Becky have sang. The Word of God is not silent to your circumstance. The Word of God is not silent to what you're going through. I believe it speaks loudly to us. Perhaps you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe the Word spoke to you today. Maybe God's been silent because you don't even know Him. But maybe you've been walking with him and you've drifted to the left or to the right. You've not allowed yourself to stay on the path of righteousness. 
There's a passage in the Bible that I didn't go to. It's in Ezekiel chapter 14. It talks about three men that were in it. They were in the midst. It talks about Daniel, Job, and one other. They were going through it. They were in the midst of it. But these men, by their faith and by their righteousness, Ezekiel 14, I think it is, if you want to look it up later, these three men found the will of God and were encouraged in the Word of God because they stuck through it and they continued in righteousness despite the circumstances that were around them. I asked you this morning, hopefully you're okay. Apparently it's just me and a couple others that have always been here. Nobody else has ever been in this situation. You and God are good. It's not just good, it's better, it's the best. You and the Lord have a relationship that is unmatched and you and Him and He's speaking to you and you're walking with Him and it's good. But if you don't feel you're there and God's revealed unto you and all this noise and chaos that we have went through today, perhaps you maybe say, well, I do need to grow a little closer. Maybe I need to pray. I can pray in my seat. If you want to come up and pray, we invite you to an altar prayer. But if you need to grow closer, I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to make the choices. And I challenge you to realize that God has chosen you and he is with you in these circumstances. It's no fun to be in the silence. I could show you again. I could ask him to stop playing and we could just stand here and not say a word. And there's nothing more discomforting when it's just you alone. But I'm not going to do that. I want to ask them to sing another verse, what they feel led, or whatever's upon their heart. And Pastor Tim, as the pastor of our church, as my shepherd, as my brother in the Lord, will close the service as he sees fit. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, oh, word of God, speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Oh, word of God, speak. Would you pour down my grave, washing my eyes to see? still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. God is awaking the church to hear his voice. He wants us to hear him. I uh, was thinking when he was talking about Job, spent 38 chapters where Job was questioning why. 
38 chapters. I don't know how long time was, but I know when he finally did answer Job, he said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? God knows all things. God knows when to speak, and he knows when to keep silent. And he knows what he's requiring of this, of you, uh, when you, the problems come your way. I, I look back and I see Destel and Vicky's children, four of their children are here, and his sister's here. And I remember there was seven and a half weeks or uh, somewhere in that area where they kept trying to get an answer. Almost every week they was calling the family in, not knowing if he'd live or die. But in after that seventh week, for some reason, God turned the table. I don't know. Sometimes you look back and you say, what did you pray? What didn't you pray? What didn't you ask God? What, what searching? But I also know God was making changes. He's making changes in the children. He's making changes in the hearts of all those who were involved, including the church. You know what? God knows what he's doing. We need to hear from him. And none of us know what our tomorrow holds. None of us know what those days are. You can look around and you can say some have committed sin. Maybe that's what's going on. You know, all the sicknesses and all those things came because sin entered the world. But it's not that you can name and put it on people or judge what's happening. God steps back because God's trying to reach us in this lifetime. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to, to want to serve him, to want to hear from him. He wants us to strive for everything he has showed us. Do you know he showed us the word? Because he wants us to strive to know who he is. He wants us to work at that with all of our heart. There's so much treasure in the word of God. So much of God speaking to his people. So many examples DJ brought up today. So many of them where God spoke in the silence. That's God's grace to you and I. So sometimes when you look and you see problems and you think things have not changed, remember God's waiting. God's waiting on you. He's not, it's not that you're waiting on him. God's waiting on you. Keep striving. Keep digging. Keep praying. God's going to answer you. He knows what needs to happen. He knows what needs to go on in your life, and he knows how to bring you down the road. He's not taking you backwards. He's taking you forward. Praise God.